0: We are in a sermon series, Mapping FBC's DNA. Who are we? What makes us unique? Uh, What is it that God has uniquely called us to be and do uh, here in this community? And uh, this did not come out of the air, as we've been mentioning, uh, around tables. We dreamed, prayed, and planned together and talked about who we believed we were and where God is leading us. A season of discernment preceded. Uh, that planning time, and out of that, five initiatives developed. Uh, Last week we talked about God-centered worship. This morning we're thinking about life-changing faith. And the text this morning is Matthew's Gospel, uh, chapter 7, beginning in verse 12 and reading through verse 27. And it is the conclusion of what we know of as the Sermon on the Mount, the foundational teaching of uh, Jesus' kingdom manifesto as he gave it to us, and as Matthew recorded it. So in just a moment, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 7, verse 12, uh, and following. And I invite you to follow along uh, as I do so. I would invite you now to pray with me for just a few moments. Could we be in silence together in God's presence, in God's throne room? We are aware, gracious God, that We are just a a small, tiny outpost that your world is big, that you love everyone equally. So we would pray today for places where the name of Jesus is not known. We pray for places of religious persecution, where there is violence, where there is war, where there is poverty and hunger. We pray today for those who are serving on the mission field, all of our mission partners here at home and in the United States and around the world. We pray for those serving in the armed forces, that you would keep them safe and bless their families. We thank you for the freedoms that we enjoy here in these United States. We lift up to you today those in our congregation who are grieving, those who are ill, those who are struggling with all sorts of family problems and financial burdens and pressures of life that perhaps they cannot even share with others. We pray that you would be comfort and guide and teacher and helper. And Lord, as we come to think about life-changing faith, we confess to you honestly that some days we're just not interested in spiritual transformation. We're just too comfortable, we're too tired, we're too preoccupied. And there are times when we catch the vision and our hearts long to be changed, that we're not satisfied with where we are. So today we pray for the energies of love, the energies of your love, that would transform us, not only the doing but the willing, the the wanting to do, the desires. Guide our thoughts together as we explore the profound and ever-timely teachings of Jesus. May the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Now, if you're able, would you stand as I share the words of Jesus Christ aloud? Jesus said, in everything do to others as you would have them do to you, for this is the law and the prophets. Enter through the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the road is easy that leads to destruction. And there are many who take it. For the gate is narrow and the road is hard that leads to life and there are few who find it. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorns or figs from thistles? In the same way every good tree bears good fruit... But the bad tree bears bad fruit. As a good tree cannot bear bad fruit, or, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you shall know them by their fruits. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father in heaven. On that day many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many deeds of power in your name? Then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Go away from me, you evildoers. Everyone then who hears these words of mine and acts on them will be like a wise man who built his house on rock. The rain fell, the floods came, And the winds blew and beat on that house, but it did not fall because it had been founded on rock. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not act on them will be like a foolish man who built his house on sand. The rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat against that house and it fell and great was its fall. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You may be seated. Do the words of Jesus ever make you uncomfortable? And if not, why not? If the words of Jesus do not occasionally make you uncomfortable, you're just not paying attention. In everything you do, do to others as you'd have them do to you. Enter the narrow gate because the broad gate is easy and a lot of people find that. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter into my kingdom. Does that not disturb us? And yet a strange thing has happened in our land among American Christianity that the followers of Jesus often neglect the words of Jesus. We opt opt instead for the prophet's fire or Moses' angry casting down of the stones or uh, other parts of Scripture, but the words of Jesus are strangely neglected. In verses 15 and following, Jesus says that our outside and our inside should be aligned. Beware of those who come to you with the outward clothing of sheep, but inward are ravenous wolves. Jesus said we need to make sure that our belief and our behavior are lined up, that our conduct and our character are in step with what we profess and what we say. He uses the analogy of fruit. He said, you know, when you go to a tree, you expect if it's a fig tree that it will bear figs, that the inside, the sap, the, the inner nourishment of the tree, and the outward fruit of the tree will line up. Think about your own life. If you go to your favorite coffee shop and you order a latte and they're busy so they mark on the outside of the, of the uh, cup latte and they set it up for you and you pay for it and you take a big swig and it's Gatorade. Whoa! What it says on the outside, what it is on the inside, they don't line up. Isn't this what we call character when our inside and our outside line up? Isn't this what we call integrity? To be integrated means that the outside and the inside are integrated. They line up. Integrity, that's where that word comes from. The genuine follower of Jesus does not build compartments in her life. Genuine followers of Jesus do not have a God compartment. This is God's business here, uh, one day a week, one hour a week. But my social life, my finances, they're my business. My recreation, my habits and relationships, they're, they're my business. No, it's all God's business. There are no compartments in the believer's life. The genuine follower of Jesus and Jesus goes on in verses 21 and following, and he says that we need to move beyond, we need to move beyond a, um, a religion that's just about creeds and words onto obedience to doing the words of Jesus. We need to move beyond creeds and just religious words, and we need to move beyond just religious activity and church busyness to actually doing the words of Jesus. He says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, do you hear that? The intellectual assent is not enough. You can say the words, Jesus is Lord, but unless you're doing the words of Jesus, he's not really Lord. Not everyone who prophesies in my name and casts out demons, very admirable Religious service, deeds, church busyness. But it's not enough, Jesus said. That's not a substitute for doing the words of Jesus. It's disturbing. It's not very comforting, is it? See, that's one of the things that I think marks the DNA of First Baptist Church in Jefferson City. One of the things that we seek to be distinctive about is that our what we are trying to live and what we're trying to offer others is, is not a rule-based faith, but a relation-based faith. What we're trying to talk about is not a set of rules, not just memorize these scriptures, memorize these rules, reduce your Christian life to a legalistic checklist. Because you know what happens if the sum of your Christian life is about do's and don'ts, guilt, shoulds and ought-tos. A should and ought-to and checklist spiritual life does not bear healthy fruit. A life of shoulds and oughts and legalistic checklist leads to A frustrated, joyless, proud, arrogant follower of Jesus. And what we seek to be offering through the the very DNA of our church is not rule-based, but relationship-shaped faith. A faith that leads people into life-changing relationships. And I know what you're going to say. Oh, wait a minute, preacher, time out. You've got to have rules, because if you, if you don't lay down rules, then what you're saying, pastor, is anything goes. I'm not saying anything goes. Jesus didn't say anything goes. But you see, our obedience is relationship-shaped, not rule-shaped. Think of the analogy of marriage. When I seek to be the very best loving husband I can be to my wife, she needs help in the kitchen or she needs me to sit down and listen to her struggle that she's having. I don't get out our marriage license and say, now what does it say I'm supposed to do? Or I don't go back to the, to the vows we recited and say, uh, well, I don't think I have to be kind here because there's nothing in writing. I don't go to a set of rules... I want to to live out my marriage to her because of love and commitment. And those are actually more demanding than a set of rules. Jesus calling us into relationship is much more exacting and demanding than a shallow checklist. We are calling ourselves and to others into life-changing life-changing. Shaping relationships with Christ and with one another. Jesus wraps up the entire Sermon on the Mount, not just this section, with a beautiful passage, a short little parable. He said, You know, if you do my words, you're like the wise man who decided to build his house on rock instead of the foolish man who builds on sand. Doing The word doing in Greek, do, D-O, or doing, D-O-I-N-G, in the Greek text, between verses 12 and 27, the word do or doing appears 10 times. Now, it may be translated in your Bible, doing or acting or obeying. But in the Greek, 10 times, in verses 12 through 27. You want to build a good foundation in your life? You want to succeed in life? It's not about how much money you make. You want to succeed in life? It's not about how well-respected you are in the community. You want to succeed in life, really succeed in life. It's not about becoming a great athlete and uh, growing up to play defense for the Kansas City Chiefs, though they could use it. (laughs) If If you want to build a successful life... Do the words of Jesus. Obey Jesus. Jesus said, that's the foundation to life. Last October, we were all just horrified at Hurricane Michael and the devastation that it wrought all along the coast. And this picture captured the imagination of people everywhere. That's Mexico Beach and every other house around that house has been completely wiped out and that house stands. The owners of the house shared documentation of their building instructions and among other things that house withstood the 155 mile-per-hour winds because they drove down pilings 40 feet. They drove down to something solid and it withstood the storm. Jesus said, you know, storms happen to good people and bad people, wise people and foolish people. When you come into Christ, doesn't make you immune from storms. The difference is not in whether you experience storm. The difference is what you've built your life on. Have you driven the pilings of your life down to something solid? Several months ago, um, Janet and I were able to attend our sixth grade grandson's band concert in Columbia. And uh, they're all starting out. And it was just precious as the very patient and helpful band director, uh, would turn and explain to the audience, we worked on learning whole notes. He'd turn around and they'd play a few measures of whole notes and we'd all clap. Then he would say, and they alternated a a male and female director, Uh, one of them would say, uh, we worked on quarter notes and they would, Everybody to attention, play a little ditty of quarter notes. Turn around again. We worked on rests, learning to rest between between notes. And then finally, we worked on repeats. And they played that. Concert was over in 12 minutes. I loved it. (laughs) But they were learning the basics, they were learning the building blocks. They were building the foundation for complex scores that will come later. Jesus has called us, is calling us to life changing faith. And we have a building block when we come into Christ learning about temptation and disappointment, not to trust our feelings. We add to that foundation dealing with sinful habits. And then we add a, a, a block dealing with Bible study and prayer life and learning to confess sins. And then we grab another block and we learn about learning to love other people and to forgive other people. We add a building block of learning to serve and share our faith. And one by one, we build, constantly build, the foundation of our spiritual lives. We have to learn the basics before we can do the complex Christian walk. Dallas Willard very insightfully said one time, our behavior never just shows up. The behavior we, act, we acted out last week, that behavior never just shows up. We've been training for it all of our lives by the building blocks by the choices we make, by the things that we're intentional about, by the foundation we build. Now, lest you think we are quickly reverting into legalism, the very thing that I said that our church is not about, I want to show you a verse of scripture that sort of pulls all of this together. It's from Philippians chapter 2. These two verses are among my favorite The Apostle Paul instructs, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. That's our part. We are supposed to be intentional about our walk with Jesus. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you. Just like Lisa said to the children, it's God who fills those sneakers. Work out your own salvation. Do your part, but it's God who works in you. But God doesn't just work in us to do things. We're not robots. We're not puppets. He works in us to will. He changes our desires. He gives us new want-tos. For it's God who works in us both to will and to do his good purpose. Listen very carefully. God won't do our part and we can't do God's part. It's a dance. Can you say that word in the Baptist church? It's a dance. And when we do that dance, we enter into and we begin to share a life changing, life shaping faith. Transformation.